Hey, welcome to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. I'm Joel Hillary with Joel Thompson. How, How you doing? doing? <laughs> and we have Steve McAllister. Am I saying that right? That's right. How yeah. are you, Steve? Yeah, doing pretty good. How are you guys? Uh, very good. And he's not Australian, so we can't call him Steve-O, but his Australian wife can. Hey? Yeah, but I am a Kiwi resident now. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's so. awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You get so, to stay. So what's Kiwi and American? Is that Kiwi Kim? Um, no. Amerikiwi. Amerikiwi, man. That's better. I think yeah. the golden rule is that... Or American new American. Anything. <laughs> new American. New America. <laughs> new Zealand. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're already trying to do that. <laughs> what, we're going to buy them out? No, New America. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. How much do you want for this island? Yeah. <laughs> Both of them. Two for one. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast, uh, Steve. Um, very excited to have you. Hey, no worries. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, Steve did, he was, uh, in YWAM when I went into my discipleship training school with Youth with a Mission in 2017, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's correct. And I did, uh, my wife and I, Laura, did YWAM there with, uh, Jess, um, at the time. And she was in our class. And uh, you married her. Yeah, it's A few years crazy. later. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. yeah, just romance over time. Just blossomed. Yeah. Yeah. No, she, it's great. She actually told me a story. I don't know if she's told you this. She probably has by now. But she said um, God had told her quite early on. She looked over at you and God said to her, that's who you're going to marry. Yeah. Did she tell you that? Yeah, she told me. Thank God. God that she told me that after we got engaged, um, um, which I highly recommend if yeah, that ever not a happens date. to you, because um, you could potentially scare the other person off. Um, but yeah, no, it was crazy. She um, she let me know that. Pretty sure. Yeah, right after we got engaged, mm. um, back in 2019, and it was really cool because it was just. Uh, just a lot of confirmation that, like, hey, I'm in, in the Lord's will, and mm. um, this is the right person to marry. So, mm. yeah, it's awesome. She's a cool girl. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, congratulations, you're expecting, which is pretty cool. Yeah, little so, baby on the way, baby girl on the way. Yeah, shout out to ba- baby girl McAllister when you're old enough to hear this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> podcast may not even be a thing when you're... True. Uh, might be raptured by then. Planning to be around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, just the idea of podcasts, right? Podcasts are forever. <laughs> it's true. Well, they are. They're in the cloud, actually. It's true. Yeah, you'll yeah. never lose them. <clears throat> yeah. Praise God. We made right. about Jesus, so <laughs> I guess of all the things. So you're going to share your story, eh? Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Um, it's been know, heaps was... of ages since we've heard your story. It's true. Yeah, heaps of ages. Of ages. Or bunches of years. Heaps of bunches of ages. <laughs> so where are you from? Who are you? Oh, where am I from? I am from the great state of Missouri in the United States. 24th state of the Union. Um, probably didn't know that. I don't know Most my people state don't. of the Union. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm from Otago. <laughs> Otago. The state of Otago. It's a good state. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, trying to think. Uh, pretty much thought I was going to live there my entire life, as most people from St. Louis do. Mm. You don't really leave that city. Um, yeah, and then trying to think if we're just diving right in. Um, yeah, born and raised in the church for since out of the womb. It was just Sundays, Wednesdays, just... Are you, your parents quite involved in church? Yeah, yeah, they, they uh, well, I'd say they probably have a pretty strong faith background. Um, I grew up in a, like, a non-denominational church, so... How do you... How would you... They exist? Non-denominational churches? A non-denominational oh, church. Yeah. I only knew that YWAM was non-denominational. Mm. No, YWAM is interdenominational. Oh, so you right. can be from any denomination. Did you learn but... anything from YWAM? <laughs> <laughs> it's value number... Uh, uh, well, for the listeners out there, please explain non-denominational. So, yeah, basically non-denominational means you're not a part of the denomination. Like, so... In Protestant, so there's Catholics and then there's Protestants, and then when you go to Protestants, there's all these other denominations. I think there's like, I think in the states alone, there's like twenty, like major denominations. Yeah, like yeah. two thousand okay. or something there's like so that. Many. Yeah, yeah. But like you know, you've got your you got your Methodist, you got your Southern Baptist, you got your Independent Baptist, you Presbyterian. got Presbyterian. Um, yeah, so you've got all these. So a non-denominational church just basically says we don't affiliate with any of those things, and they're usually separate. Does your doctrine sort of align with any of? Like, it must align with some denomination. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously they believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Mm. Um, you know, they believe in. Um, like Trinity the and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, actually, my, I don't know where my church really stood on that, but that was um, like when I growing up, when I went to that church, it was never really talked about. Like we'd mm. obviously read about the miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit, things like that in the Bible, but it was just, I think, kind of emphasized that was not for today. Um, which um, that is a very strong standpoint in a lot of Western churches that. The mm. gifts have ceased for today, and they'd call that cessationism. Um, so that's what I pretty much grew up believing for like the first 20 years of my life, is that speaking in tongues wasn't real, healing doesn't really happen. Maybe if it does happen, it's a, on a very, very um, limited basis, and it would happen only in the third world where the people really need it. <laughs> like yeah. that's okay. kind of how it was described to me. Yeah. Um, and speaking, like, I remember we had this speaker from, um, the church we went to, or he was coming in and he was talking about like the occult and like things of that nature. Like he was apparently like an expert in that area. And so like one of the things he's like, well, speaking in tongues is demonic. Hmm. And, um, yeah. So like I heard that I just kind of took that yeah. and ran with it. So I was just like, I'm speaking in tongues was demonic. Yeah, from the from the devil, sort of. Yeah. Wow. And so that's kind of how, like, that's the range that you could get in a non-denominational church. Is that some yeah. of them? Yeah, they each have their own like doctrine for the most part of like this is what we believe as a church, but it just means that they're not under the covering of a certain denomination. Okay. Yeah. So you could have non-denominational churches 
that are actually Pentecostal that believe in uh, the gifts yeah. of the Spirit. And things okay, like that. that's what I sort of meant. Like, like they secretly yeah. kind of yeah. can look, well, not secretly, but they can look a lot like a denomination. Yeah. They just don't want the title yeah. of saying okay. we're a Pentecostal church right. or we're okay. a Baptist church. What's what? What's the reason on that? You know, I thought that just sort of like allows you. Imagine, I always imagine, like, if I'm a Christian, oh, I am a Christian, <laughs> but if I, if I move to Missouri, yeah. is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, oh, some St. Louis. Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I moved there and I was church hunting, you know, mm-hmm. where do I fit? I would kind of be like, all right, where's the Pentecostal churches? Yeah. Where right. are they? You're like, just so that I knew what I was more or less getting into through those doors that they roughly aligned with those values. I'm just using Pentecostal as an yeah. example. Yeah, but some would say some people might see that as a disadvantage because actually if you don't have a denominational title behind your name, then actually people that maybe are exploring mm-hmm. or people are coming for the first time, they don't. They aren't kind of turned away by the fact that you have Baptist or Pentecostal. <laughs> what is it? My wife calls the Pentecostal the the happy clappy churches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I think so there's. I grew up in an evangelical Presbyterian church, and it's interesting because Presbyterians have a certain doctrine that they believe, and like some of the ones that they like, there's some restrictions on like the role that like women can have in teaching and eldership and that kind of thing. And, um, there's some like disputes in like the area of like baptism and stuff. Mm. So my church is evangelical Presbyterian. So they pretty much were full Presbyterian, but there was a few things that we deviated on. So my pastor was really, you know, one of the first in the, in the denomination to push for having a woman on the elder board. Um, they believe like, I think that it's like a way that you can sort of circumvent some of the, the issues is you can kind of create a subdivided, like sort of a a niche denomination, but I think the new trend is kind of just go non-denominational. And there, there's been so much bashing of denominations that it's mm. kind of safer if you're, especially if you're like looking for if you're more a seeker church kind of thing. It definitely works with youth as a mission because yeah. there's so many different people from all over the world coming together to worship the same God. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's. You know, that's the first time I've ever heard of a church um, not taking on a description. Yeah. You know? And the distinction with YWAM, too, is that you can you could retain your denominational beliefs and then mm. come and be part of it because we're not a church. 100%. And so we do teach the Bible and we do a lot of learning, but at the same time, we don't teach as much strict theology of, like, this mm. is our interpretation of the Bible, but there's a lot of teaching and also encouragement for you to interpret it. And then um, that creates, it does create a certain environment. Like we have, we're, we can be quite happy clappy sometimes, but it doesn't mean that we're Pentecostal. It doesn't mean that we're, you know, conservative and mm. whatever denomination that would be. So you can come if you're a Catholic, yeah. you know, we've had a lot of, like we've had um, Mennonite and, you know, diff- people from all kinds of different backgrounds and you can stay Mennonite. Like we're not trying to mm. convert you to YWAM For doctrine because sure. yeah. there isn't one. So that's why that works. I I think it's cool too, because you get to experience other people's uh, doctrinal beliefs and what they've experienced. And I've had many conversations with people that may have come from a similar background or different background than me, but I've learned something from them. They've learned something from, um, 
me and just sharing and you know i think it's it's a really cool time to especially if you ever do dts to yeah. just kind of experience that yeah for sure yeah that's good yeah. so you were you were in missouri you're going to non-denominational church that's what you grew up yeah and so i actually got invited to um at the time i was i was like managing this frozen custard stand which frozen custard, by the way, for people that don't know, is just, it's like really rich ice cream. And uh, it's amazing. <laughs> I've never had that. Yeah, it's really good. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of my best friends at the time, he invited me to go to his church because I was getting like 20 and I was just like, ah, you know, is this it? Because I would go to all these like conferences and things and worship would be very different because we sung like hymns for the most part or sometimes there'd be some contemporary worship but not much but then i go to these youth conferences and like the worship was like good it was contemporary just your classic 90s like worship like yeah. you can't go wrong with right. it um so we started going to he invited me he's like hey you should just check this out so it was like full-on assemblies of god pentecostal hmm. People were speaking in tongues. I remember the first time that I got like introduced. They're like, "Hey, you should come and pray and pray with this like um, group." Or no, how did how did it work? The pastor was like, "Hey, why don't we break up in four or five uh, people, just grouped together, and just let's start praying." So I was uh, grouped together with these two couples, and. Uh, they just started going hard in tongues. Like, like that's, <laughs> that's all they awesome. did. Didn't pray in English. I was like holding their hands, and I was terrified because I was just like, "What?" They're is- like demonic, demonic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes and no, but it was just like it was such a just different experience for me that I was just yeah. like, "Man, this is." This is different. Um, I, I think just imagine your face. I wish I was a fly on the wall for, yeah, for yeah. younger Steve. Yeah, I was just like, oh man. And at that po- at that stage of my life, I did not like praying out loud or anything like that. So I was, I still went back. I think I just I just was like attending. I didn't want to get to know anybody. I just was like just showing up. Um, I think that experience kind of like turned me off because I, I think that was further down the track. The worship was amazing. Could definitely feel um, the presence of God there. But at the same time, I don't think at that stage of my life, I was actually really ready for what God had there. Mm. Okay. And so after that experience, I think I was in college, I was studying uh, accounting and business and stuff like that. And, I kind of just, at that stage of my life, I just stopped attending church um, for the most part. Like, I'd, I'd attend, like, maybe once a month or once every two months. Uh, I had a girlfriend at the time. Um, wasn't a super great relationship, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, and uh, we ended up dating for quite a while, and then once college kind of ended and wrapped up and I graduated and she graduated. She was going to move out to, um, yeah, Colorado. And I was just like, man, I want to, I think I love this girl, but I really don't. I like, it was just like a kind of a, just a really battling. Like, is, is this really, you know, the right thing to do or not? And at that point in my life, I hated like taking risks. Like I was so risk adverse, of just being like, I just want to be secure. I want to like know that I have a bunch of money in the bank. Know that like hmm. I can look after myself. 
So a lot of my life was just looking after like what I wanted. Um, so eventually time came to pass. I started going back to church. Um, she moved out there. I'd kind of come and visit every so often, but I could never just pull the trigger and do it. And then, um, essentially what, what happened is some friends of mine that grew up in the same kind of church I did, they invited me to this church plant, which was actually also affiliated with the assemblies of God, but just not like as full on, if that makes sense. So, and weren't speaking in tongues in the service or anything like that, but it was good. And I was a part of that. And, um, eventually, uh, where I got to today and there's a little bit of backstory is, um, one of the things that I struggled in my life was, um, something that I could actually never get free of was, uh, pornography. And I was exposed, uh, to it when I was like somewhere between the ages of six or eight by one of my, uh, friends at the time when I was really younger and, um, that kind of stuck with me. And it, like, obviously, when you go through puberty and you go through all these changes in life, it was something that really, like, grabbed hold of me, that I felt like uh, a door had been opened when I was younger for Mm. that stuff to come in and really uh, afflict me. So that had always been a part of my life uh, of this addiction. And so uh, something that I could not get free of, I had probably asked the Lord multiple times in my life to like, please take this away. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want this to be a part of my life because I was seeing how it was affecting my personal relationships, how it was affecting, uh, like the way I viewed women, um, just things like that. And I was like actually more internally disgusted with myself. Um, and knowing that you just, I just felt like a dirty person because of that. Uh, addiction, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yep. And so, <clears throat> and to be honest, I felt like I was the only one that struggled with it. Mm. And that's usually fairly common with um, men and women that struggle with this. I hear um, in today's day and age, uh, the exposure to porn is uh, always almost at a re- extremely young age. Yeah. Um, I think six was. Um, that's that's pretty young, mm. and you can see you can just see how it would at the the development of the brain and everything like that. If you were ex- exposed to that at such a young age, you can see how it would start to shape your thoughts early on and take really take hold of you. Yeah, and it's not it's not even necessarily when I was young, but it was just the fact that it those things had been burned on my brain, you know, mm. in, in that sense, but. Yeah, because I, I remember being a kid, and it was like a mystery um, what was under the clothes. Yeah. You know, I didn't even really right. know what boobs looked like. But yeah, would have really opened Pandora's box. Yeah. I, I can just, you know, you can sort of imagine it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was exposed to porn at a younger age as well, um, maybe like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. And um, yeah, seriously struggled with it for most of my high school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's, I think... You're not um, the only one, eh? Yeah, no, and I think a lot of people believe that lie, is that they they are the only one, and the reality is is more people than you think actually struggle with it, but actually yeah. are in that place of guilt and shame and remorse that they can't actually open up about it. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's a big part before we kind of jump ahead, but... Um, so, essentially, that relationship didn't work out, didn't pan out, 
um, felt like the the Lord actually used that pastor at that church plant I was going to to speak to me directly, but he was just speaking to the congregation. He basically just said, like, really, like, he's like, I just feel like there's people in this room, you know, just very general, very vague. Um, he's like, I feel like there's people in this room that the Lord's calling you to break off some unhealthy relationships. And I was just like, oh, yeah, well, we'll see. And then literally that day, my the conversation we had with that ex-girlfriend at the time, um, yeah, we ended up breaking up. And it, like, devastated me because I thought because of all the the sin and all the stuff I had been to with pornography, I was like, well, I'm, not, I'm never going to find anybody, you know? Um, mm. And I think the... The thing was, basically, um, that had happened. Um, I was knew I was addicted to this sin, and it was basically controlling me. And um, I, my job, like, it wasn't that great. I was making good money, but it was like I didn't get any joy or satisfaction out of it. And I was just like, man, I was upset with myself that I couldn't take any risks. And I think I didn't have many friends in St. Louis at the time. Mm. So I got in this kind of really downward spiral really quickly, like a lot of like depression, um, just negativity, um, Mm. suicidal thoughts at some point of just like, what's the point of living, you know? Mm. And all the while, this is why I'm so glad that I uh, was raised in the churches. I knew I, I had some sort of foundation, even though it might have not been great. Like, there's some foundation there of me to be, like, I could always go back to. But the the question that wrestled in my head was, why do I feel this way if I actually say I believe in Christ and I'm a disciple of Christ? Mm. Really, because that's what I should be, right? And so I, I think that was the realization hit me that... uh I really don't know who God is, because if I did, my my life wouldn't look like this. Um, so then I got invited. Uh, I was driving home from work one day, and I just was asking, like, just, I didn't really have any teaching on hearing God's voice or anything like that, but I remember um, God kind of speaking to me uh, when I was just praying, and I was just like, God, I need to find out who you are, or my life is not going to go the direction that you want it to go. Mm. And... Um, I remember he spoke to me about uh, basically uh, reaching out to my friend who worked at the frozen custard stand. So all these people that worked there were all like super on fire Christians. Um, Love God. They went to this thing called the prayer room. I thought they were a bit crazy because I was like, never heard of a prayer room before (laughs) in church. Um, And... Yeah, they're like, oh, we have this Bible study on Thursday nights, you should come. Went to this Bible study, didn't say a word for like two months, I just att- attended. And um, yeah, it was amazing. We just went through the Word. Um, yeah, had a bit of worship, went through the Word. Um, it was a charismatic kind of Bible study with the House of Prayer. Um, and yeah, they spoke in tongues. And at that point in my life, I was just kind of like... They were like, uh, I kind of need to figure out my relationship with God. All that stuff is a secondary issue because mm-hmm. it seems like the relationship with Christ that they have is actually what I'm looking for. So speaking in tongues, all that stuff, I don't really, I don't really care right now. Like 
I actually want to find out who God is. And so mm-hmm. after about two months of doing that, man, I just got overwhelming conviction of my sin um, of just realizing like, man, I have really only lived my life for myself. And, um, and it was just that point of like, well, I, I actually need to repent and I need to turn away from all this stuff. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but it's just the idea of like, I'd always want, I'd always want my relationship with God on my terms, not mm. on his terms. Mm. And that's so important. Yeah. And I think there's a big part of me that realized that I just still wanted my life to look how I wanted it, but still have my relationship with God. Yeah. Right. It's kind of having like, uh, like both kind of feet straddled and, you know, you want to do your own thing in the world, but you also want to follow God. It never works well. Yeah. It just doesn't. Hmm. It's like, it's like in a marriage, eh? Yeah, you can, we can be in a relationship, but we're doing it my way. Yeah, it's probably can't. not going to work out very well. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's bad relationship advice. If anybody does yeah. that to you, run. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, had a great conversation with the pastor that was leading that Bible study, and we ended up just, like, telling him this. I, like, confessed my sin to this group, just, like, what I was struggling with, and they were all very, like, gracious and kind and, like, yeah, just, like, prayed for me. Um, I kind of went on this journey of, like, just, yeah, I'd, I'd go free for a long time with it, but then I'd come back, or... I'd go and I did my DTS and it was amazing. I learned some amazing things, but then I'd go back and I'd start work and then I'd just keep falling back into it. And I could not understand why I'd just keep going back. And other things, like I had given up easily, but I, I just couldn't make the break. And um, And I'm not saying this is for everybody or, you know, everybody that looks at pornography needs deliverance or things like that, but... Um, obviously I've had my own journey with the Holy Spirit and probably about three months of really reading the word and, um, basically studying the book of Acts and reading the book of Acts. I just kind of realized like, man, I don't know if I've actually been filled with the Holy Spirit. Like, yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I've repented of my sin. Um, but have I actually received the Holy Spirit? Um, I had been baptized in water, uh, But I was like, I don't know if I've received this. Um, And I know there's different beliefs out there. And there's the Pentecostal belief that says, oh, if you don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. And if, yeah, there's other denominations that don't even believe in it. And I guess in my spectrum is, is like, you've got to actually seek it out in the word for yourself, not just simply believe it because Mm. somebody tells you that. 100%. Yeah. Because I think we can fall into that trap sometimes of like, oh, that guy, he said it from the front. That must be true. When the Bible actually says, well, test everything mm. um, and test against the word. Obviously, in your relationship, in your prayer time with God, ask him to reveal if this is something true or not. And the word is, you can't go wrong there. But yeah, so anyways, I had somebody pray for me to receive that gift. And I, got, and I believed I got it. And I received it in faith. And so... Um, yeah, and I've seen that gift work uh, amazing for me in times of just like my own personal relationship with the Lord and developing with the Lord. Um, Was that the gift of the tongues. Holy Spirit? 
Well, yeah, the Holy Spirit, but speaking in tongues and yeah, things like okay. that. So yeah. I've I've done a whole one eighty flip there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but uh, in the issue regarding like pornography and things like that, that is something I just could not get free of. Hmm. Like it felt like there was always some driving force that was kind of pulling me back, like external, internal, whatever you want to call it. It just kept pulling me back. Like, as mm. much as I'd try to resist, nothing would happen. Mm. Um, and so then... After on, you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. Um, and so, basically what happened was, is I, I didn't really know what, what to do. Um, so, I like, whenever I don't know how to do something, I just YouTube it. <laughs> so... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so I was just like looking up. I don't know. Somebody told me about deliverance or something, and I had I had sat in on a deliverance ministry session, um, which is very interesting in itself. It's like, like was it like a personal session? Like you're being no, prayed over? No, or was not it a corporate even yeah thing? Okay. Um, essentially, what it was is I found out um, there was a ministry that they pray for people that um, that may feel like they are demonized or, um, yeah, demonized is the word I'd probably use, or afflicted by evil spirits. Because actually in the Greek, when that uh, where that word possession is, mm-hmm. um, so Jesus, you know, they'll talk about de- that demon-possessed man. In the Greek, that word actually translates to demonized. Hmm. Okay. So, and that's what? actually quite big. Could could yeah. you explain what demonized means compared to possession. being possessed? Yeah. yeah. So possession would actually show ownership. Yeah. Meaning you are com- under the complete ownership of that thing, whereas demonized means you're actually afflicted by that thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and that's why a lot of people believe that Christians can't be possessed. Demon possessed, if you were to say that, because it's like, well, are you owned by God? Are you owned by a demon? You know, what is the yeah. Is that is that kind of yeah. is that on point? Okay. Yeah. And um so and I had started listening to some teaching by Derek Prince who he's passed away now but he was very I wouldn't say famous is not the right word but kind of one of the pioneers in this ministry in the Western Church. And the thing I love about him, he's not a like he's not charismatic in nature meaning he's not like this like gonna hype you up like yeah preach to you like try to get you out like he's like very thorough in the world word he is actually kind of quite boring to listen to <laughs> like literally he's just really dry my other favorite preacher is very similar to that timothy keller oh you guys ever listen oh to the yeah he's uh yeah. i know who he is I the easiest to way to go to sleep <laughs> but it's very very powerful <laughs> sermons uh, <laughs> i heard his books are good too yeah, um, stealing from God. Hmm. That, one, that one's it's a behemoth of a book. Yeah, it's awesome. I actually found that when we we're on our YWAM DTS, uh-huh. and we were in Papua New Guinea, and I had a month to read it. Did we you find this, it in Papua New Guinea? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, what? it might have been. Yeah, it was in Papua New Guinea, and um, where it was in a missionary's house. Oh, and it awesome. was just sitting on the shelf. I think I've been to that house. And I smashed it out. 
You like, read the whole thing. I read the whole thing. Yeah, outreach, now, I'm, man. I am the most lystexic, slowest reader <laughs> on the planet. And I had the Holy Spirit just, like, <coughs> throw my face into that book. Nice. And, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, incredible. Apart, that was, I was probably... The amount of words I read would be the same amount I've read in 10 years in that one month. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, sidetracked it. No, Steve. no, that's good. Um, <laughs> so he's he, he can be boring, but Derek Prince is yeah he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's good, and he's he's very methodical in his in his in teaching and um, yeah, and just gave examples and things like that. And I started listening to him, and I'm like, this kind of sounds like my issue. <laughs> and, but you're also kind of terrified at the same time because you're like, does that mean? that I have a demon inside of me somewhere looking around. Um, but at the same time, I was like, well, if this is like an answer to, like an answer to prayer or solution yeah. for me, I'm like, yeah, I want that. Like, if I can be free of this, like, I want it. Um, and so, yeah, I've just started listening to him. Um, f- same ministry that I kind of was sort of involved with or... Um, like that, I I just kind of saw what they did. I just had them pray for me. Um, went through repentance. Went through forgiving people. Which, to be to be fair, uh, I think a lot of issues that Christians have are because they haven't repented of sin or they haven't forgiven somebody, uh, where they haven't actually received freedom in an area of their life that they've been wanting. Is that because that's the main thing? Hmm. Is that you need to repent of your confess your sin, repent of it, turn away from it, and forgive others as you've been forgiven. It's very clear in the scriptures, and so we kind of went through some stuff from my past. Um, ended up um, them praying for me. It was a pretty intense moment of just like feeling like I was being released from something, um, which was an evil spirit at the time. But yeah, it was super intense. Uh, so you believe you had a, a a demonic entity, almost like attached to you, like uh, I'd say like afflicting me. Afflicting you? Yeah, yeah, like um, so. Yeah, what I what I generally tell people is it's like there's an area of your life that's under the influence of an evil spirit. So for me, it was my sexuality. Right. right? Okay. So like that was something that I felt like was under the influence of an evil spirit. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so, like, that's something I wanted freedom in because I wanted that to be healthy. Do you yeah. think, like, all areas that we struggle with, um, uh, you know, sin-wise, are attached or afflicted by or, or have a spiritual connection to something demonic? Always, or do you think it's maybe potentially a uh, effect of being fallen? Um, I don't know. That's a or that's an interesting. Maybe question. could be both. You, you know, some... could be. It, I I I'm one to not label everything is mm. a demonic spirit or whatever you want to mm. call it. I think you can actually get into some very unhealthy territory mm. with that when you just think everything is. Everything's attacking me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily believe that. My sugar addiction. Yeah. Get away from me, demon. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't mean to joke yeah. about. Or yeah. my relationship. We're under spiritual attack. 
It's like you actually might need to just grow up a little bit. Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah totally. And I, I think, yeah, I think, again, where I've come to my walk is probably a more balanced place of mm-hmm. the word and spirit, where before it was probably more heavily on the word and, and then I went really far to the spirit but now it's kind of like i want it in the middle and mm. and sometimes life is just hard like you're going to go through trials and tribulations you're going to have to walk through things mm. with the lord it doesn't necessarily mean you're always under the attack of mm. the devil or something like that but i think there can be extreme circumstances where you know like you have been praying for this thing to change it isn't changing you want mm. it to change you know i i'm under the belief that if Christ died for our sins um, and to set us free and to set us free from those things, we should be walking in freedom. I'm not saying you're not going to necessarily, which, what do I mean by this? It means you shouldn't be continuing in the same sin over and over and over and over and over and over again until you die. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't, I don't see freedom in that. Yeah. Right. Um, I think, that doesn't the Bible say something about temptation? Uh, being tempted, God always brings a, a way out. Yeah, you'll never be tempted beyond yeah. what you can bear. That's right. But he'll yeah. always provide a way out. Yes, yes. What Thompson said. Yeah. <laughs> First Corinthians ten thirteen. Yeah, there, we go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so I I think I don't know. That's a, that's kind of a hard question to ask because it's just I've seen a lot of kooky deliverance ministry stuff and yeah and uh my thing is is i never really jumped to that conclusion about anything um but i mean i'd say if there's an area of your life that you feel like you can't get free you feel like a slave to uh i'd probably get along with the lord and start asking some questions right Mm. like if you have an addiction you can't get free Mm. um have you a done everything you can to pull yourself away from that Mm. obviously do the practical things yeah but if and repent and forgive but if there's something still there afflicting you then i don't know yeah you do the possible and then let god deal with the impossible yeah and yeah some people don't even do the possible but they don't try and seek help or try and find uh somebody to confide their sin and and say like i might need an accountability partner you know like all that sort of yeah. thing uh, on a practical level um definitely definitely helps i think if you try and contain it all to yourself you you'll almost always fail yourself but if you 100 yeah confide it that's i think that's why the bible says confess your sins you know because it's like you need a team you know you need that backup and those people that love you and mm. have your back and and I think, especially for me, like, I feel like if I ever tell Joel that I stole his car or something like that, you know, he's going to be really upset with me. Yeah. I mean, well, if you tell me, like, multiple times, you yeah. know. But he's still my car if you want if you want to. Yeah. Just not like... But, but I know you still love me, you know, <laughs> as a brother in Christ. Yeah. And I know you still have my back. Um, so to, to know that that kind of supersedes any... Uh, I don't know, me getting in trouble. Like, I'm still going right. to get in trouble, but you, you're going to do it in a loving way, you know? Like, It's definitely a good... I mean, I think there's maybe more spiritual significance to confessing your sin, but the 
simplest thing is it's definitely a good tangible way to feel the love of God. And when, when you have someone who's going to really speak his words and thoughts over you and encourage mm-hmm. you and you know what yeah. I mean? Like remind you of his forgiveness and someone to pray with you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, I mean, the two main scriptures that come to mind was First uh, John chapter one, verse eight. If we claim to have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Um, and there's also that scripture in James, I think it's chapter four, about um, confessing our sins and pr- and. I should probably instead of paraphrasing it, I'm just going to mess it up. Um, what What is the paraphrase vision? Oh, oh it's uh, James chapter 4. Um, actually, I think it's chapter 5. Is it confessing your sins to another? Yeah. Uh, it's about James the five sixteen. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Hang on. Yep, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Yeah, is that the one? Yeah, yeah. James five sixteen for you listeners. Yeah, so those two are are really powerful because, like, I think when we confess our sins, we're bringing stuff that's in the darkness, especially in our heart, and we bring it out, mm. and all the power gets taken away. Um. Yeah. And I think there's power in confession of sin because you're actually, not only you, you're humbling yourself, right? Like, mm. it's not an easy thing no. like to tell somebody, hey, I'm fallen into sin, yeah. I've looked at pornography, I've done these things. Yeah. Like, it takes a lot of humility. Like, there's no pride involved yeah. in that at all. It takes the facade yeah. away. Um I've said this before so many times in the podcast. We live in a world where we're all on a facade. You know, like social media, Instagram, Facebook, everything like that. We put the best photos up of ourselves to mm. look the best. We show the best parts of our lives to make everybody see that we are having a fantastic life. What is the thing? Um, you look the best to show people that you don't like. Um, oh, there's, there's, this, there's a quote. I can't quite remember it. Um, I feel like that's a Dave Ramsey quote. Something about <laughs> but, uh. you impress people you don't like for people you don't see in a world that you don't belong or something like that, and um, it's totally fake. Like, and then you're right. You're praying. You're saying, "I do not. That, that's not the real me. This is the real me. Yeah, and I need help. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah." So I don't know how we got there, but it's good. Um, but yeah, I think that was the main thing is just, I guess, trying to answer your question, like, do I believe everything is spiritual or not spiritual? Um, I think it just depends. <laughs> That's it the, can, can be either or. Either sometimes, or, yeah. Or and both. Yeah, but I'm I'm just quick to not always jump to that conclusion then. Yeah. That's probably a wise thing to not, not yeah. jump to... All right, get the holy water. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. But, I mean, there is, I mean, it is amazing to think that, like, this was something that Jesus did in his ministry. It's what he trained his disciples to do. Mm. It's what he trained the 72 to do. It's something he commanded us to do Mm. um, at the end of Mark as believers. And, like, yeah, I've seen quite a bit just ministering to other people and, 
And um, so, so how do you actually get out of that sin? Um, a lot of it was, yeah, got delivered, but also, I think for me, it was just having a deep, deep repentance. Mm. Like the compulsion was gone, but I still had to make a choice to actually completely turn away from it. Um, I think there'd still be times where it wouldn't be as like constant, but it would just like crop up every once once in a while, you know? Mm. Um, but I think what, what had happened was there was one last time where it happened. And I remember just bawling my eyes out. And I was like, I am not going back to this anymore. Like I am completely done with this. Um, I'm tired of it affecting my relationships. I'm tired of it affecting my relationship with God. But I think the main thing for me was realizing that I had actually sinned against my friend. I had sinned against Mm. Christ. Mm. And it just like shattered me in a deep level that um, I was like, nah, never again. And um, that's what I think did it for me. And... Yeah, I think some people say, you know, like repentance has to be this, like, you know, you're crying. Like, obviously I was, I was bawling, I think, but sometimes it's just a choice of saying, I'm not going to go back to this. I'm mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that look like to walk that out practically? I don't know. Everybody's got to be on their own journey with the Lord. Mm-hmm. But I know for me, it was just this simply, I, I literally can't go back to this ever again. It's just not, it's not an option for me. And, um, yeah, so I praise God. It hasn't been an issue in my life for years now, which is great. Um, obviously, yeah, obviously temptation comes, but it's now I have the choice to say, actually, why would I ever want to go back to that thing? Mm. You know, Mm. why would I ever want to, um, even just give it a thought like why like yeah. what is the point because what i have now is so much better than what i've what i had in the past wow you know that sin whatever that thing that was trying to actually like uh f- put some fulfillment in my life or satisfy some craving it just it, it's like disgusting to me now um and I think, like, the thing is, it's just knowing that I'm walking in freedom of this. And, like, it's just it, it's just such a testimony to the Lord's love for me and his grace and his mercy. Because, like, yeah, I, I, I honestly thought I would never get free of this ever in my life. Yeah, I always think the uh, <clears throat> the best advice that I ever heard with that kind of thing is don't do it. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I've had, like I don't know, I've heard a lot of like great arguments on why you shouldn't, and like this is a good trick, and um, it's yeah, because like your experience was sort of like, definitely there was a lot of prayer, filling with the Holy Spirit, this deliverance, but at the same time there was this deep, confident choice that you made of like, all right, I'm done, and uh, there can be anyone who's, I think someone can swear by any one of those things. Oh, what you need is this okay well we're gonna pray for you and that's this is gonna be the trick and it's like the real trick is don't do it and like i don't know because if you're stuck in it like yes you need the power of the holy spirit i think to empower that but that your choice is like i'm not gonna yeah you know i fully think that that 
choice that you've got, Steve, you know, that you know it comes. And I think that the fact that you've got a choice, that doesn't happen until you're saved. They say that we have like a, like a nature, you know, we take on a second yeah. nature. And if you imagine that, like I always imagine, you know, like you don't, you don't even give it a second thought looking at porn before you're saved, you know, like mm. up until that point, like you kind of know it's wrong. It's not that you don't know it's wrong, but you, it's, you're not even thinking, stop. That's not even an option. And then the moment that you like start getting that conviction, mm. and that's from the Holy Spirit. Like, there's a difference between knowing it's wrong and then getting actual actual conviction. Yeah. And then it's like all of a sudden there's actually a choice, and that's taking on that new nature and choosing life. Um, I really like what you said about taking your thoughts captive, and you actually why even have that thought in the first place? I'll bring some scripture into it. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's exactly what you were doing. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing actually in knowing that you like like you said you have that choice to where you can not even gonna tolerate that mm. in my life. Um, yeah, and it's been amazing. Um, it's one of the things that like I have to like sometimes like I'll be sharing my testimony with people and I'm like oh I gotta like stop crying because like I realize like gosh like I just when you remember all the years that you've been in bondage to something. And then you're not, mm. and it's like, oh my gosh, how did I, how did I, like, it's just the Lord's mercy that I'm even, like, here right now and able to, like, walk free of that thing. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's amazing, Steve. Yeah. That's really cool. So, honestly, for all the people that are listening to this podcast right now, if there's something that you struggle with, you might be saved. You know, you might have been a Christian for years, Mm. And um, like, have you confided your confided? Is that, is that the right word? Confided sure. your Confessed. son? Confessed. 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 Yeah. Confided in someone. That's yeah. what I was meaning. Yeah. Um, if you have you confessed your sin to you know someone that's trustworthy, someone that's not going to ridicule you, um, and and actually see you as a human, um, and and then yeah, definitely encourage you to do that and say, hey, can you pray with me? You know, I want to get rid of this and and do that and just pray, Lord, show me how to get rid of this bondage. What was what was your prayer anyway, um, Steve? Like, if somebody was listening right now, you know, what would be a good um, guidance on how to ask God and in, in, in pornography anyway? Yeah, um, well, if it's in that or just in general, if you're struggling with anything... Um, one of my other favorite teachers, uh, David Pawson, he said, if you can't hear God's voice, which can sometimes be a lot of people's problems, they want to hear God, they want an answer, they want this. And he's like, well, you can't hear God's voice. The best thing to ask him is what's something in my life right now that you hate? He he said, generally he answers pretty quickly (laughs) and he'll speak to you on that. Um, because, 
he's a loving father and he wants to see you free of that thing. Mm. So the thing that I normally would say to people is, oh, ask the Lord, what do I need to change in my life? You know, what, what do I need to give over to you? Mm. Um, I think with especially pornography, um, I don't know if it's a general prayer or anything like this, but it's just simply saying, Lord, show me what to do. Mm. You know, do I need to do the practical things? Do I need to maybe not use the internet at my house? Do I need to not do this? Mm. Do I need to confess my sin to somebody? Do I need to ask for forgiveness for people that I've treated poorly because of this thing? Like it could be a multitude Mm. of things. Um, And I think the biggest thing is just really what I would say is praying that prayer, not inviting Christ into your heart, but really actually saying, Lord, I give you my life. Like, I actually give you my life. I give you every aspect of my life. Because I know for me, that was the one thing I didn't do before, was actually laying down my whole life. So, that's a good place to start. That's powerful. Yeah. Uh, Because if you're willing to do that, I I truly believe the Lord's going to speak to you, whether it's in prayer, through His Word. He's going to show you the things that you need to do. Mm-hmm to start walking in this freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say probably starting there is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's good right at the start of your Christian walk, definitely start there yeah. as well. Because I find, I talk to, like, yeah, it's very interesting. A lot of people that want to follow Christ, but they actually haven't made that decision of giving my complete life to him mm. so like whatever he wants you to do you're going to do it. whatever he wants you to say you're going to say it and wherever he wants you to go you're going to go mm. and that was my my prayer at the very beginning of all this happening it's just saying all right god my life's yours what do you want me to do what do you want me to say and that even could be relating just strictly to people you need to forgive sin you need to repent of um he could speak to you about doing overseas missions which mm. I was completely terrified of doing that, like down the road and living in a different country. You just never know what could happen. Um, so I'd say people especially struggling with that sin, that, that would be my first port of, port of call, as you guys would say here. It's a very like UK, Kiwi thing, port of call. As I'd go there. Have you actually done that? You know? Um, yeah. And if you have, okay, Lord is... Have I opened up a door somewhere where I've let the enemy come in mm. and afflict my life? And how do I shut it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. Um, yeah, did you want to share any more about your life in Queenstown? Or should we get you on for another podcast uh, for that? Maybe another one sometime. Yeah? Yeah. Because it's hard. We already had an hour. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, cool. Um, would you like to wrap us up, Thompson? Yeah. Is there any, any final thoughts, any questions? Um, it's, I guess, what would you say to, um, I guess, yeah. Okay, well, first of all, a little feedback, too. Thank you for not, like, giving a step-by-step, but I feel like you really led us to the Lord in it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are really good steps that you can take, but the reality is it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe you kind of already said what to do, but, um, yeah, like... I guess if someone is feeling like afflicted, but they don't know how to determine if it's their choice or if they feel like it's an affliction, like what would you say to that? Oh, I don't know. Really? Um, 
Yeah, it's such an interesting, because it's just not talked about a lot in the church. I guess what I'd say to that person is, um, yeah, I don't really know, Joel. That's a great question. I'll be honest, I don't know. Um, what I would say is that um, the Lord loves them, that he's for them, that he absolutely wants to see them free and not be in bondage. Um yeah, and that if you seek him out, uh, I love the scripture in James that says, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeking him, he's going to reveal the answer to you of what it actually is. Um, and I think, yeah, just not to lose hope and lose faith, because it, it can be. I definitely have gone through seasons where it just has felt hopeless. Mm-hmm. But if you actually... Put your relationship with God first and seek him. He'll show you what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And even having the faith to believe it. Like, all right, Lord, I'm not going to pretend I'll have all the answers here or order you around. Yeah, yeah, that's what I I like. That's been one thing for me as well, because even in my own journey of the Lord, um, yeah, sanctifying and whatnot, it's like I want to be the one to tell God where to remove things and what to fix. But I love that prayer of like, hey, what is it that you, what is it that you hate in my life actually, and that you want to remove? Mm. And then yeah, he he comes through. Um, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, hey, thanks so much, Steve, for coming on. Hey, um, no we'll love to have you again. And um, yeah, but anyway, just appreciate you and just your message, man. Like you, you really do live this stuff out. And so yeah, I just want to acknowledge that you and I have been friends for years. And yeah, you walk this stuff so. We're looking forward to hearing from you again. Um, find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram at the Jesus Magnet. Also, and send Twitter. us a message and Twitter. Yeah, That's right. Send us a message if you liked it, or if you want to hear specific topics. Yeah, we'll catch you later.